this is the Sheffield Board Gamers podcast and we are the official podcast of the Sheffield Board Games Club. Um, usually we talk about games that we've played recently at the club and we have guests on and things like that, but we're trying something slightly different today. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, a couple of guests on and we're just going to talk about one game, which is Ticket to Ride. So I'm joined to be today by Ollie. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Rick. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. And uh, we're also joined by Elizabeth as well. Hi. Hello, Elizabeth. Thanks. So thank you both for, for joining me. Thank you very much for, for coming on and talking to me. So the, the, the reason that we've got you on today is that we're going to talk about a game called Ticket to Ride. So this is kind of a game that's been out for a while now. Uh, it was released in 2004. So I'll give you a bit of a summary of the, of the, uh, of the game before we start going into, into it in a, in a bit of depth. So it was released in 2004, but it plays between two and five players. It takes between 30 and 60 minutes, depending on how many players you've got. Uh, the designer is Alan R. Moon. Uh, so it's quite a popular game. It's um, played uh, quite a lot in uh, board game circles, and it's uh, a bit of a gateway game as well. It's one that's recommended for kind of new players. A bit of a summary of the game then. So players collect cards of various types of train cars, which they use to claim railway routes in North America. Uh, the longer the routes, the more points they earn. Additional points come to those who fulfill destination tickets, gold cards that connect distant cities, and the player who builds the longest continuous route gets a bonus. So it's basically a game of picking up cards, playing cards to connect routes on the board, for which you'll get a few points. There's also ticket cards, which will let you uh, claim even more points if you connect two cities together with your trains. Uh, and there's been various different uh, maps and variants and things like that over, over the years, which we're going to talk about uh, talk about soon. Uh, but uh, I, I guess it, you, you two are kind of super fans of, of Ticket to Ride. You've got a lot of the stuff already and a lot of the maps. Would that, would that be true, Ollie, do you think? <laughs> yeah, well... I'm not sure if I could actually describe myself as a super fan. I am super <laughs> and I am a fan. Um, I, I have the Ticket to Ride original. Um, I've got the 10th anniversary edition and I've got Ticket to Ride Europe. And I would say between the three of those variations, we like it would be the number one or maybe number two played game in my gaming group. We just we just greatly enjoy the game um i know a couple of the the people that i play with have like cities expansions and stuff like that and we've played those a few times as well but yeah we yeah. we 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 genuinely enjoy playing it even though a lot of people would describe it as a, a simple game or maybe mm-hmm. too simple of a game we we just really enjoy it uh, uh, and how about you elizabeth are you you're uh, presumably a, a, a big fan of the game as well <laughs> i think i would describe us as super fans uh i uh <laughs> started playing the game probably not too long ago probably 2017 or so i was a frequenter of a board game cafe and so i'd go with one of my friends and we would just sit and play a bunch of games and mm. she introduced me to ticket to ride and it was a family favorite of of like her family and so i like we played it almost every time we went to the cafe and then when my um, my now husband, when we started dating, we started collecting them. <laughs> so yeah. um, our very first Valentine's Day together, he bought me the uh, France expansion. And I just knew it was it. So yeah. um, currently, we have almost every available expansion. Um, so we have wow. every map. Uh, <laughs> the only ones we don't have are like the 10th anniversary, some of the older ones that came out yeah. a while ago. But anything that was available within the last couple of years, we've 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 accumulated. Um, we have two <laughs> kids, so when I first met them, they were five and seven, and they're now nine and eleven. Mm-hmm. And so um, they've played the we never played the kid version. We've played um, the adult versions all the way through, and like with their fans too, they like picking out different maps and, or they'll play the same one over and over and over again. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we, my mother-in-law is really big on it too. So she'll come over and we'll have dinner and then the kids will say, can we play a game? And she's like, can we play ticket to ride? <laughs> and so it's like this big, it's this big thing. And I mean, we don't play like competitively, I mean, we definitely do try and get the most points, but I think some of it, like towards the end of the game, they'll be like, mm. don't go out yet. I need two <laughs> more cards. And so we'll let people, you know, we'll play a little bit longer just to make sure that everybody ends without crying. So um. <laughs> it's interesting how you said you, uh, you first played a board game club. 
how can you remember Oliver the first time you played it? I um I used to do a podcast many many moons ago called Best Acquaintances, which was about making friends on the internet mm. and how you could be, become friends just through people, you know, through meeting people on Facebook, or whatever. And the idea was that myself and my best friend uh, Emily, who met through the internet, we would just randomly talk to complete strangers that we'd never met in real life, but we were in you know five or six different Facebook groups with, and one of our guests kept talking about board games and how much he loved board games and mm. i grew up in ireland where there there isn't much of a board game scene and there's never been much of a board game scene it's getting better but th- it was definitely not like i mean i i would almost say that this might be the first modern bo- board game i've ever played mm. and it was 2016 when i played it which goes to show i mean and i love it and i play tons of board games now but if it wasn't for having that guest on at the time and her talking about how great it was and mm. I'm a teacher and she's a teacher and she said that she plays it with her students and I went all right I might I might try this with my students so I went out and bought a copy of it and then started playing it with some friends that I had around to the house who were mm. all complete noobs to board gaming as well and then we just fell in love with it just fantastic game so I'd say it was 2016 and I had never played it before never even heard of it before that and then, as I said, it's become our, our go-to. Let's have a, a, a good, friendly 50 minutes of fun. It's, it's quite interesting how you said that, um, yeah, it's um, it, it's uh, one that you've not heard of before because it is it is kind of are available now in uh, a lot of the major stores, especially in the UK. I don't know what it's about in, uh, or it's like in, in the US, maybe Elizabeth can let us know. But um, when you go to like department stores and things like that, a lot of them, or bookstores, some of them have Ticket to Ride as well that you can see in there. Even Walmart has Ticket to Ride. So, I mean... Mm. It's there everywhere. I got my mom addicted to it. And now like my aunts all play. And like when they go over to my mom's house, they'll like pull out ticket to ride. And it feels weird because it feels like it should be like a younger game. But mm. it really it isn't because I feel like we have, you know, it spans. It's really easy to grasp. And I think it can. It's really fun. My dad used to play with us all the time, too. So. So, so in the states, then is the is it the original one, the USA map version, that's the one that's most available? Because I would probably say in the UK, it's probably the Europe one that's that's available in most places. And you probably have to go to a hobby store or go to the internet to get the US version. Is it the opposite way around, or is it the are they both available um, there? Walmart has a lot of board games, uh, mm-hmm. but they'll have like the standard ones. So they'll have the US. They'll have they had the little the city maps too. They had London and Amsterdam or London mm. and New York city. They were there. Target on the other hand has a lot of like a, a wider selection of like different types of board games. So target mm. will have Europe. Um, they don't really have the expansions in store, but you'll find us and Europe pretty, pretty regularly in target. Uh, you'll also find the first journey and all of the little smaller city maps uh, mm. those are m- more readily available what amazon has everything so <laughs> i bought all the expansions off of amazon that's interesting because i don't think i've ever seen any of the expansions or any of the smaller ones anywhere else yeah i've only seen like the main big box game yeah i would agree with that rick over here um eason's would be our big bookstore and um if you go into a major chain eason's in one of the big cities you'll get a version of You'd probably get the US version, actually. The, the European version is harder to find. But I've never seen any of the little expansions, mm. which would be fantastic. Because I, I know from playing it, playing the app that the um the 1910 expansion is actually a lot of fun. So we- Actually, kind of a side note. Um, the last time I was in Bulgaria, which was, I think, like 2018, 2019, I, they had like a big, they had a, a bookstore there. And like upstairs, they had a bunch of, they had a bunch of board games and they actually did have Africa and Asia, I think upstairs. Uh, yeah. And and I was like, wow, this is like for <laughs> being such a small country. Um, you know, like I almost bought one there thinking that it would be fun to try and read the Bulgarian with the kids and that <laughs> probably not a good idea, <laughs> but they are available. I think I've seen them out, but it is kind of hard to track them down. Amazon's way easier. So we, so we mentioned about some of the extra maps. There are quite a lot of, uh, of different maps and variations and extras that you can buy uh, on top of the on top of the base games. Uh, so uh, have you got any of the any particular favorites of the maps that you've got, or any that um, 
that you'd like to try? Yeah, I mean, we've tried a lot of them. My favorite is my husband's least favorite. I I love France. So France, it the board is actually three by three when you un- unravel it. It's very large board, um, All right, yeah. but it has it has no tracks on it. And so what you do is every time you pick up colored train cards, you lay a colored route down on the map. And so then your uh-huh. next turn, you could use the cards in your hand to claim the route. So you get to kind of like plan ahead on what route you want and what cards you have in your hand. But mm. um, every time you pick up cards, you have to place a route down. And so towards the end of the game, when you're just trying to like get cards and finish your routes, there's all these extra tracks kind of like all over the place. And so there's a lot of like extra little pieces and things. But and so my husband, it's like too complicated for him. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. I think it's so much fun. Um, and um, but we really like he likes Old West, which is on the back side of that map. So the number six one is a is a good expansion as like a standalone game. The Germany game, I think, is really fun. Uh, it adds meeples into the game. So you as you you know claim routes, you're actually like picking up passengers. And then at the end, you get bonus points for how many of one color that you have. And and so it becomes a little extra of a, a extra bonus point mm. for it to kind of pop in there and be like oh like at the end you've got like this collection of little passengers and you know the kids will probably stop playing the game and play with the little guys but um (laughs) (laughs) they're fun and i mean like for when we are playing with people who like playing board games uh you know rails and sails is really fun just because it's it's a more complicated game there's boats there's trains there's um, like you have 60 total units rather than only 45 trains or only 40 trains for some of the expansions Mm. so it becomes like a a longer game that gets a little bit more involved so that's really fun uh what what about you oliver you got any particular favorites or any any maps that you enjoy well i'm obviously way less experienced than elizabeth is um (laughs) but i I legitimately love the original map, the the US map, and maybe it's just because I'm Irish and European. <laughs> so looking at the American one and going, "Oh, there's there's a city called South San Marie. Oh, I have to go here. Like this is this is fantastic." And it's a good way to learn about the, the geography of the states as well, even though it's yeah, not yeah. technically accurate. But it's I just well, I like that and for playing the game wise and, and I know you've got a, a section like for house rules at the end of this, but we basically use the European rules for for the US uh map. So, you know, yeah. the, the addition of train stations or whatever, which allows yeah. people then to so you can't block people off as easily. And it just makes for a more interesting game that way. And I think with the American map, which is big and beautiful, and um, played <laughs> with the uh played with the the European rule set is actually a fantastic game. Well, they uh, they don't just provide a map; they also provide like a few extra rules or something slightly different in each game as well. So depending on which which version you're playing, whether it's the UK one or the France one or you know the European one, there are slightly different things that change how the game plays and how it how it works. Yes, we've uh, I've become the master of you know the kids will be like, what one's this one? And it's like, oh, this is the one with tokens, <laughs> or this is the one with stock cards, and mm. we really. I guess just kind of like to offset what Ollie said, we really like the UK Pennsylvania one too. Mm. Uh, Just because it's, (laughs) you know, like the UK one, you have to kind of like you, you, you gain technologies that allow you to be Mm. better off, off in the future. And it takes a little bit of strategy. It's more of a, like a high thought version. I also based off of the U S version a couple summers ago, our one son would wake up and literally play himself in Ticket to Ride <laughs> for hours. He knew every route. He would like he would then he would be like, "I scored three hundred points." I was like, "Who are you playing against?" He was like, "Myself." <laughs> so, uh, hard to play with him because he knew what route you were going for because he had them all memorized and like it was it was nuts. And then uh, and then he just like stopped playing it for a while. So every once in a while we do pop out the original. And um, it is fun because everybody you know, learned on the on the U.S. one. And so and then it, it also helps to teach them a little bit of geography, which I think is fun. Rick, what about yourself? What what versions have you played? 
I've played uh, a couple of the clubs. I played the UK one with the technologies, and we own the Switzerland and India, I think is the other side of it. Um, the Switzerland one's quite good because that's like a two and three player game, so there's only two of you that play. Um, you can play the original game and it, it works perfectly fine, uh, the big box game, but this one's specifically designed for two or three players. Um, oh, yeah. So the routes are a little bit smaller, the map's a little bit tighter. Uh, and then the other side, the India side, with that one, you have to make kind of uh, circular routes. You get like points for making a, a, a big circle of routes that are all uh, connected together. Uh, so that's a, a different strategy completely, because rather than looking at the individual routes, which are only like a few points, you're looking at the overall kind of uh, building a huge, you know, circle of, of routes into your into your map and scoring points that way. Until one person blocks you in your circle yeah. and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to start going the, the long way around. <laughs> yeah, I was mentioning um, that. That's I a good one. Yeah. This, oh, sorry, I was just mentioning that I played this with my students and mm. one of the students figured out that you can grief people as what he describes it um, mm. a lot just by blocking routes. So he uh, we sit down to play with him and. If you, if you happen to be listening to this, I'm talking about you, John. But when John <laughs> when John plays, he will just try and figure out what route you're going for and then just block you. Like, it, he is not trying to win the game. He's trying to have fun for himself and everyone else. And at the end, he will be gleefully saying, well, you were going for that route. But, um, yeah, I bought this one specifically so you can't. And that's why we, we always play with the, uh, the, the station options so that you can't do that as readily. Uh, I, th- I think with more players, it does kind of get a lot tighter. There's a lot more kind of blocking, either just by accident or you like say on purpose. With, with two players, it's pretty much open and you can go wherever you want. And even if you do get blocked, there's always another way around. But Our family has a no crying, but we have a grumbling rule. So uh, <laughs> you are allowed to grumble, but you are not allowed to get mad. <laughs> so every once in a while, you just like... Pick your, you pick your root cards and then you realize that everyone is on one side of the board and yeah. uh, you know you start like getting all up in each other's business and sometimes <laughs> you take a route that I take a route that my husband needed and I need to sleep in the same bed with him later so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> we have a grumbling rule but uh, for a kind of family oriented game that's you know under an hour to play it can, can be a little bit cutthroat it's one of those even though it's sold as like a family game that plays in under an hour it can be a little bit cutthroat and there are <laughs> well it's it's more fun and less argumentative than monopoly so i think we can all <laughs> we can all agree that that's a, that's a good thing yeah. We have yeah, banned yeah. Monopoly from the house. It's not allowed to play. <laughs> it hides in a cabinet. It comes out on very, very small, distinct occasions. But yeah, we, we've banned it. Uh, so we, we talked about some of the maps, but there are some smaller expansions as well. I think you, you talked about the is it 1910 or 1912 uh, for, the, for the original game. And there's a couple of character expansions as well called Avalon and Dexter. Have you ever played any of those? Um, we have the, the 1912 expansion, and with the 15th anniversary of the Europe, it comes with all of the expansions, the mm. Europe expansions with it. But the 1912 has a big city expansion, and it allow, it, it basically has a, like 12 big cities, and so most of the routes connect to one of those big cities mm. is very high point values at the end. It, you'd be... You know, very often you're over 200 points, even with four players, just mm-hmm. because you're you're always in those same cities and you're racking up those points on the the ticket cards. We have the Alvin one. I don't think we've ever played with it. Um, is Alvin the alien or is Dexter the alien? Um, I think Alvin's I the alien. I was just going to say we played uh, a lot of the city expansions because one one of the lads has a bunch of them and they're much, much faster games. Like Mm. you're talking 20, 25, 30 minutes. And because they're smaller locations and smaller maps, just like you mentioned with the Switzerland expansion or the Switzerland version, they're great for two players. So if you want to just sit down with two players and you don't feel like you've got an entire continent to cover. so Mm. Yeah, London's fun with the double-decker buses and the New York City one's fun too. And instead of trains, they use like the, you know, like fun transportation. So New York City oh, has yeah. taxi cabs. Um, London has double decker buses and Amsterdam has these little wheelbarrows <laughs> that you use. So um, oh, cool. <laughs> it, for somebody who's like never played Ticket to Ride 
and you want to kind of introduce them to the gameplay, like how it works, like picking up cards and claiming roots, the smaller ones are probably easier to kind of mm-hmm. get somebody into like the flow of it and then be like, yeah, let's pull out rails and sails. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, the, they're the, a lot shorter as well, aren't they? They're quicker than the, the regular game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're much, much faster. Alvin comes with the expansion number six with the old west on the back he's like an alien he starts in roswell which is where like they've <laughs> you know it's the the oh, u.s version <laughs> yeah and so like he like travel around we haven't played like with alvin but we use the white train set every once in a while just because it's you know instead of the typical colors you pull out white and then you get purple when you get into germany the Germany route has, or the Germany board has purple, and the Nordic countries has purple. So um, sometimes you get purple trains in there, and we just kind of mix them up. But I've never actually played with Alvin because you have to like get to Roswell first, and then you can kind of like uh, pull him along with you, and he can go and do stuff. And it was yeah. a little bit too complicated for us. <laughs> I know that the pink trains are available here in the UK. I think they've just been released. They're like a charity. Um, they like put a donation to charity for these, and it's just another set of trains, just in a different color. But I know the um, some people you can buy like um, your own custom trains as well, from like Etsy and places like that, where people you know make their own little trains, and they might be the plastic or wood or different colors or things like that. So if your favorite color doesn't already come in the box, you can always kind of go elsewhere and get a set of trains from from other places as well in in different colors. Yeah, there's there's tons of little um things, uh, little train sets that you can get. So we we got the pink ones. Um, they're raising money for breast cancer awareness. Mm, that was and, it, yeah. Mm. And then we also have, we I can't remember where it came from. I think somebody just gave it to us as a gift, a, a little set. So that each train represents a, a commodity basically. Mm. So one of them uh, is basically you replace all the red containers with milk. <laughs> containers effectively um the diesel engine ones that was the black ones they were all replaced with little coal buckets effectively so it just made it it just makes it more interesting i'm trying to remember what the other ones are just stacks of wood and stuff like that as well and it's just fun it just makes it look mm. better it's like almost like having a deluxe version of the game and um, there were slight differences in in the anniversary edition as well the trains are much nicer too um mm-hmm. but like that that's standard as part of the game and because that's a very very nice version of the game i'd say maybe that sits on the shelf and doesn't get taken down very often yeah so we'll, we'll chat quickly about the anniversary editions then there was um there was two there was one in uh uh there was one for the 10th anniversary which is the usa map and then there's a the 15th anniversary which is the europe map i think it is um so it's exactly the same game it's just that the boards are slightly bigger the trains are I like little plastic trains and the, and the different models for each uh, color as well. Um, well, I actually have a kind of a funny story about the 10th anniversary. My friend Rosalita, who's the one who brought me to the board game cafe, she liked the game. So she just went online and she bought the, the game. And when she looked online, she was she said it was a little bit expensive, but like she just bought it. Right. Well, she wound up buying the 10th anniversary edition as her first <laughs> Ticket to Ride game. Wow. And it came and it had like the big cards and the tins yeah. with like the fancy trains. There's like the red trains have like little giraffes popping out of the back <laughs> of them and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's very, they're very cool. So then when she, somebody else bought them and they had these, they, the first US versions come out with like the tiny cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, she was like, what kind of game is this? Like, so, um, but to find the 10th anniversary now, you're going to pay at least oh, 400 yeah. US dollars. And, and so when I saw the 15th anniversary come out, I was like, I'm pre-ordering it. Like I'm buying it right away. I'm not going <laughs> to wait. And um, it has the same, it, like the board fills our entire dining room table. Uh, yeah, huge, and it has, yeah. the, has the tins, but the tins are different than the ones in the 10th anniversary. So you um, would have, you know, you could have 10 different colors because mm. it comes with like gray and pink. And mm. so that one's actually really cool just to kind of like, um, and they do, they, they match commodities and they match countries. So you'll have like one of them is, is like Spanish um, oil tankers. And the other one is kind of like a Russian 
that I don't know, it's got like big wheels on the back of it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like lumber from Germany or something. So there's like a lot of, it's really cool. The the way that they put it together, really, really thought out. My, my story for that is almost identical to what Elizabeth just said, how I got the 10th anniversary was I went, wanted to buy a copy of the game because I said that the lady who was on the podcast had recommended it and says, this is perfect for you and, and you love it. And I went, oh, great. That's fantastic. So I went to the local game store um, and by local game store, I meant I got into my car and drove from one end of Ireland to the other um, <laughs> because at that time there were two in the country. Um, one of them was in Dublin, one of them was in Galway, and neither of them were closer than maybe 250 miles from me. <laughs> so I drove down, made a day out of it, and I went to the gaming store, um, Gamers World. It's on. It's a, it's in Dublin. It's a, it's a lovely shop if you're ever over here. And I went to Gamers World, and the guy had never played the game. He didn't have a copy of it. And he said, well, I've got two versions here. Which one do you want online? Like when he was... He was um, he was basically going to order it for me. And I said, well, what's the difference? And he said, one's about 20 euros more expensive than the other one. So I said, oh, do you know what? It, it Just give me the, the, the more expensive one. It'll be fine. I, I, I'll make a day out of it. And got the more expensive one, opened it up. It was the, Europe, the, the 10th anniversary edition. So was playing with it. And it wasn't until I had a friend around who was like, Oh, you got the 10th anniversary edition. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea. And it was like, most people don't even touch this thing. They just keep it. It's like 350 euros now. <laughs> like, what? I like genuine shock. Uh, and then went out and just bought the original game, which is 30 quid. Uh, yeah. So I got the, the, the anniversary edition for, I think I got it for 60 euros. Like, really, really, because the shop didn't realize yeah. that it was rare at that point. The guy just yeah. had no idea and just had it from wherever they get their collection from. They obviously had a spare one or a second one sitting there, and he just gave it to me at, at retail price. So it was nice. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, um, I think I think the 10th anniversary is, is like you say, is a lot rarer. And um, I think they've printed more of the Europe 15th anniversary edition because it does seem to be a lot more available uh, I've seen it in stores, I've seen it online, and you can still pick it up now, whereas I think the 10th anniversary window, forgetting that, was quite small, and, and once they were gone, that, that, that was it. So maybe maybe the Europe one's going to be a bit more available for a bit longer. Yeah, and then a couple of years ago, or maybe it was like last year, um, they came out with the 15th anniversary of the U.S. version, and oh, really? it was it was very disappointing. Hmm. Um it was the same board, the same size, except the trains were transparent. That was the only thing that was slightly <laughs> different. Um, and so a lot of people were like, you come out with the 10th anniversary with like this, you know, like the the huge, like the tins and the big board and everything was all um, like deluxe. And then your 15th anniversary was such a letdown for a lot of people. I didn't even uh-huh. buy it. And I probably should have because it probably would have been one of those like, oh, the biggest fails of Ticket to Ride, you know, but yeah. um, it was you know, a lot of people were like, why would I even, why would I buy it? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, so it, then I think they, they knew what they did. And then when the Europe version came out, they made it that deluxe version again. And, and I think they made their money back. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'd, say, okay. I'd say the 20th anniversary, which would be what, 20, 2024, 2025, something around then, they'll, um, they'll, they'll go full hog on the uh, 20th anniversary edition. So. <laughs> You'll get real trains. trains yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is made with real coal. <laughs> One version that I was able to find that isn't in print anymore, we got it on eBay, um, was the Marklin edition. Oh, um, yeah. So there's nothing really extra special about it except the train cards themselves are models of marklin trains and it's very it plays very similar to the germany the newer germany version that came out Mm. with the meeples Um, the marklin version has like little tokens and like these little passengers that you like slide along and so it it, it's very similar like it's the same map because it's germany but you know the play is slightly different uh we don't play marklin as much because there's just like a whole bunch of little tokens you have to set up but my husband likes that version and we, you know, it's fun to look at the different types of trains and things. Mm. So, so speaking of the different versions, um, there are digital versions as well. You can play this online. 
Um, I think Steam has got a version. You can play a version on your tablets, which will work on Android and iPhones. Uh, have you have you tried either of those? I don't pay for any of my apps, so to pay nine dollars to play a game I have sitting on my shelf, not an option for me. Um, I did notice that you wrote on here that there was a scoring app, and when I was going over the notes, I was like, "There's a scoring app." Oh yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> so, we looked it up and we both downloaded it on our phones because we usually do the scoring at the end. Um, yeah. We play pretty quickly. Um, just everybody knows their next move. So it, if you're watching from and not know the game, you're like, what is going on? Everyone's kind of moving <laughs> at once. Um, and then we just score everything at the end. So having a scoring app like that, where it just like it uses your phone, takes a picture and scores everything for you. We were like, yeah. what is magic? <laughs> Sorcery is what it is. Yeah, you you have to you have to key in your uh, tickets, I think, at the end. And sometimes it doesn't quite recognize like where your trains are if they're not like exactly in the right place. So sometimes it'll ask you what color is this or where is this going to. But other than that, yeah, it worked pretty well. I was like astonished when I first tried it and it worked and it worked out all the scores and everything. And we've played it before where sometimes, you know, people forget to put the scores on. So they put a route down and forget to move the, you know, the two or three points or four points, wherever it is. And that kind of gets rid of that because it adds it all up at the end and makes sure you're all right and everything. Um, I have the app, the Ticket to Ride app, just after starting it there. So it should pop in and, and make a noise for me now. Not now, is one. That's it starting yeah. there. Yeah, that familiar music. <laughs> and uh, it's it's fun. It's great. Like it, it works. A lot of um I find a lot of board game apps I've tried don't work particularly well. Um, but the ticket to ride one works fantastic, except yeah. if you're playing against the more difficult characters who never make a mistake and <laughs> the card that they are looking for always pops up. Like it's <laughs> Uh, it, it's functionally impossible for them not to be rigging the system like um oh they need a yellow card well what do you think's next on top oh they got a yellow card what a shock um yeah so apart from that uh where it can get very frustrating where mm. they're suddenly completing their 20 point um new york to los angeles map or a uh, route when you're still struggling with your six point down the middle routes um yeah yeah, but apart from that, like, yeah, it, it works really well. And you, the great thing about it is you can do pass and play, or if somebody else has the app on their phone, you can just, as long as you have the phones close to each other, it'll automatically connect for you to play. So Yeah, yeah, they are they are good implementations. Yeah, I think they work really well. Um, and the design of it as well, even like on a phone, on a small screen, you can still see where everything is and what's happening, and you can zoom in and out and things like that. So, it, yeah, it works, yeah. works pretty well. And um, it gives you instant access to all of the expansions if you wish yes for, yeah, for yeah. cheap so i mean as I, I know elizabeth said she doesn't like to pay for apps and i'm not a big fan of paying <laughs> for apps but um i think so once you i think it cost me 4.99 for that about four years ago and i bought one or two expansions for like a euro each mm. so it feels like i've got a, a, a lot of game out of that and i played it a lot it's great for whiling away time if you're waiting for something or yeah. just stuck with nothing to do I think it, it does go a lot quicker as well on the app as well because you're not waiting for like other people's turns and placing actual physical trains out. You can, you know, play a game in like 20 minutes or something. It, it goes really yeah. quick. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, have you tried the Alexa version as well? Did you know the the Alexa can play Ticket to Ride? No, I I didn't. Is she good? Yeah, yeah. You um you you tell Alexa you want to play Ticket to Ride and then you can pick either the US or the uh the Europe version. But you, you, she actually plays you on the physical board, so you get the board out, you get all the pieces out, and you can either add her as an extra player, or you can add, you can play solo against the the computer. Mm. Um, and basically, she has her own deck of cards that she can kind of shuffle up, and she plays routes and tells you where she's going and things like that. It's really it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly good. If you if you've got no one else to play against and you want to play an actual <laughs> physical game rather than on the app, yeah, it works. Wow. Yeah, that I sounds will. cool. Definitely tell my son about that one. He would think that was hilarious. And it's free. I don't think you have to pay anything for it. <laughs> yeah. Except like having Alexa listening to you all the time, Rick. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's listening right now, actually. <laughs> she knows She knows that after saying that. She's going to be out to get me later on. <laughs> so so we've gushed about uh, Ticket to Ride so far and, and said what we like about it. Is there anything that you don't particularly like or any downsides to the game that you you wish were different or anything that 
No. Oh, didn't want to that. <laughs> Is that Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> That's her coming to get me. She's like, what did you say? I was, I've been thinking about this, and I think that the things that frustrate me about the game are what make the game fun. You know, mm. um, if I said I wish everything was double roots, there would be no way, you know, no frustration. Or, like, it really is kind of exciting when somebody blocks you and you're able to kind of circumnavigate and get to where you need to go anyway and kind of use it all. There are certain expansions that we don't play as much. And so maybe it's just some of the, you know, logistics of how the game plays. I know the Africa version uh, has like these terrain cards, which allows you to double your point value when you play them. And it's just like it never for us, it was never really like fun to play that version. And and we don't really know why. It's not mm. like, oh, it's it's hard or anything. It was just the we pick other ones over that. So uh, something particularly about the game flow that I don't like. I I'm I think we have a house rule and this might be why uh, this could be something that I wouldn't like if we didn't have our house rule. Our house rule is if you're, you know, you've got the five cards that are up and available and then you've got the blind stack Mm. um when you take from the blind stack if your second card is a wild card um you get a third card if that card is a wild card you get a fourth Uh card and so it allows you to kind of you know it's like two off the pile and so you take two off the pile and if that one is a and if that one is a wild card then you know you can get another one and another one and sometimes you get like three or four in a row and everybody at the table goes, ah, um, and it can shift the game a little bit and it makes it a little bit more fun to pick colors. Now that was taught to me the very first time I played the game. It has always been a rule for me. Um, That's how I teach it to people. And so maybe it should be a rule, but I I think Mm. if I just, if we didn't have the option to get like a couple extra wild cards in there, it would be hard to kind of, do what you need to do but i mean other than that i don't know of anything that i really don't like about the game yeah. which is probably why it's so popular yeah yeah uh, ollie how about you yeah there's there's nothing i don't like about it except hmm maybe maybe it's not the game maybe it's gamers um that is the issue i find it harder to convince people who identify as gamers to play it than i should mm-hmm. because Maybe because it's such a simple thing, and at the end of the day, you're drawing cards and then collecting cards, right? Mm. And I know a lot of people who are into deck builder games and engine builder games and much more complex. Like I'm sure, Rick, you've come across people like this. Maybe you, maybe you're somebody who loves, enjoys brass bearing them himself, mm. okay? But I find a lot of people who would identify as, you know, I'm a hardcore gamer. They look at Ticket to Ride and go, nah, it's a bit simple. And I always feel like they're just missing out on the joy of playing something like that. Mm. Like, and maybe, and it, that's probably my only issue with the game is that as a game itself, I, it's fantastic. You get tons of fun and enjoyment out of it, but it's hard to convince people who are big into gaming that it's worth going back and playing Ticket to Ride again. Yeah, I feel like I, I've heard that too. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, that's just a simple game. You know, it's like, yeah, but it's still really fun. <laughs> So. Okay, so uh, fi- uh, final question then: How d- how do you win the game? What what's your go to strategy? What is your tactics for playing the game? Have you got any any tips or tricks? Anything that you you always do when you start off playing the game? Right, right, I, I Elizabeth obviously knows way more about this than me, right? So I'm going to give my version of this, and she will probably <laughs> shoot it down and say, "No, no, that's not how it works," right? But if you're playing the classic American version, right? Mm. And I have found that this wins me the game more often than it doesn't. The first thing I do, irrespective of the roots I have, I connect the loot to Dallas. And they're they're all gray trains down the middle, which means that you don't need color specifics. And it's a a little collection of two uh, track routes and one track routes. And basically I collect down that center column. And number one, 
you end up blocking a lot of people inadvertently because I'll, there are a ton of routes that go around or go through there. Number two, if you're lucky, um, some of your routes will be going down there anyway. And number three, even if your routes are not going down that way, having that central column allows you to take a lot of shortcuts between bigger cities. So that's what I would always do, in particular, Omaha to Kansas. I, it's been a while since I looked at the map, but I know that if you don't connect Omaha to Kansas, you're in for a world of hurt <laughs> because every other route around that is like four blues or four pinks, four reds, four, you know what I mean? Like four of the yeah. same color, which means you're on a card hunt for a long time to connect Duluth to Kansas City if you don't go through Omaha to Kansas. And Omaha to Kansas is a one track route and there's only two lines on it which means that only two people can have it. And if you don't have it and you're anywhere in the middle of the board, you're you're pretty much dead in the water in the game. Yeah. I was talking to the owner of the board game cafe, um, and he said that when he went to a competition, a, a, a ticket to ride competition, and he said literally the first half of the game was just people collecting cards. And then they they had 45 cards in their hand and they just played them all. And I was like, I feel like that's just, just like not fun. Like, I feel like that would be very stressful for me. My thing is I will look at, you know, you get your five cards or whatever and you have to pick three. I try. Obviously, we try and overlap so that you're doing multiple routes at the same time. And then I will look for the ones that are not double routes. So um, if we're looking at the U.S. map, I know the one from uh, Louisiana to Texas, New Orleans to Houston, I think it is. Houston. is a, yeah. It's a single route. Um, and that'll get you any, like that that one, because the, the anything with a double route, you can wait and maybe if somebody else takes it, you can hop on second or something mm. like that. But like those single routes that like you really need, I try and block those out first. And kind of go in and be like, okay, I'm going to need to get that one first before anyone gets there. And then I think some of the longer routes, it's like if the cards show up and you can get the longer route, I plan for that first. Because the longer route will get you there um, and get you more points. So sometimes it is nice, like on the U.S., to go all the way across the top with your fives and your sixes. Because you're crossing the entire board and you're racking up those points for the actual trains that you put down. So if you go straight down the middle, you're only getting one point per train. You go across the top, you're doubling your train count basically with points. And so, um, you know, it, it kind of depends on where you're going. Sometimes you zigzag through the middle, you know, those kinds of things. But I always look for those single routes to make sure that I get there first and then always have a way to go around it. I think if you've got two ticket cards that are going into the same place make sure that you start in that place and work your way backwards because you know if you have two cards and then someone blocks you and you can't get there you've just lost all those points for two different trains or two different tickets i mean it's not like we've ever actually sat down and like strategized how to play the game <laughs> uh, our eight-year-old plays the game he literally looks at one route he goes, or he looks at one ticket, he goes one route at a time and will collect the cards until he has them and then play them and collect the cards until he has them and then play them. And he finishes all of his routes. I have absolutely no idea how he does it. <laughs> but he finishes all of them. He'll like pick up, he'll have like seven wild cards in his hand and be like, well, I don't need any of these. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he, and he wins. And we're like, how? Like, and I, I, Sometimes I'm skeptical and I look at his roots and I, and he does it. I just, we, we have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I know some people piecemeal, but I think if you piecemeal, people are easier to block it. Um, you know, you put one here and then you skip a route and then you put another one. I try and have like two or three roots in my hand, you know, pick up enough cards to put like two or three roots down and just kind of get myself from one place to the other quickly so that no yeah. one can block me but sometimes they see where you're going and they block you anyway. So, yeah. um, and again, grumbling is allowed. Anger <laughs> is not. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just when you mentioned the, the routes that I, again, I, I don't have the board in front of me, but there are two, 
which uh, I I know from having played, I've played the US map maybe 40 times, right? Um, there are two routes that I have seen kill people so often on their chance of winning, and that is Los Angeles to Las Vegas, which is a single yes. route of two trains. And if you don't get it and you need to get to Los Angeles, you are going around the houses to do it. And then the other one is Toronto to Pittsburgh, which again is a single route of two trains. And there are a million and one ways to get out of Pittsburgh. There's mm-hmm. three ways, I think, to get out of Toronto. And the other three ways to get out of Toronto are like six pinks and five whites or something along those lines. Like, So yeah. if you don't get that, that single route and you have Toronto on your list, and if you don't get the other route, Las Vegas to Los Angeles, and you don't have and you've got Los Angeles in your route, you're kind of, you're you're stuck um, at that point. Uh, and also for, for us Europeans, Las Vegas is not on the coast. I The amount of time <laughs> I've played this with people who sit down to play the game and they're like, Las Vegas, they're like, they're working their way down the coast and then they're like, oh wait, wh- where's Vegas? Oh, it's in there. <laughs> like it's a, it's a solid, it's at least two Ireland's width away from the coast guys it's not it's not close like it's in the middle of uh nevada like it's it's grand so you need to you need to wear that um elizabeth uh do you do you use any other house rules no other house rules except our um our our wild card rule everything else we play pretty much by the book the other route i would say is the one i think it's like nashville to atlanta it's like one train um (laughs) And so you're coming down the, the, you know, the East coast, you get to like Charleston and then there's like a double shot to Atlanta. But like, if you, if there's like that one train that blocks you off from Miami, like entirely. Uh, (laughs) And I think it is, I think it's Nashville to, to Atlanta. And so it's like just this one train um, that can really change the game. Like you said, those, just those couple of routes that are very small, but if you make sure that you have them, then um, you're pretty much safe. I would add that to the list. Yeah, we we have a, a house rule. Maybe it's not so much a rule as um as we we've adapted uh, the European um, rule or not rule of of gameplay mechanic. Um, so we split them into long routes and short routes, like they do in Europe, and everybody has to have a long route so that you there's there's no chance because a lot of people when we what we noticed when we started playing was a lot of people would just ditch any of the longer routes straight away just bin them and then just work on shorter routes so they'd end up with you know seven or eight shorter routes completed at the end picking up their five and six points along the way and never lose the minus 20 because they can't connect Miami mm. to uh, Vancouver I think that's 24 points maybe like so they could they never lose any points for that so they're just adding up and adding up and adding up the small amounts and then the other thing we do is with the group that is my regular game group so there's five of us in the group um we create our own routes on the american map where you we start <laughs> and you take your you take your three um cards from the thing and then we just have like a, a random generator and then we have all the cities in it and we just go random and then it gives out one city and then random and it gives out another city and you have to complete that one so you have to work on it. Nobody, nobody knows what it is, but there you end up with a ton of combinations that don't exist in the game. So, for example, you might get Boston to Little Rock, which isn't a map in the game, but is or isn't a route in the game. It's a very hard route to to finish collecting because Little Rock. A lot of people would already have bought the trains for other routes, if that makes sense. So yeah. if you're coming from Boston, you're you really need to collect that. And we always give those ones double points. For a while, we were doing um, the same thing, but you had to have three cities in it. So you had to connect three, two cities from either end, basically, and you had to go through city X in the middle. But that was almost impossible. Like, mm-hmm. you, by, the end of the, by the end of the game, you could end up with, like, you're going from Vancouver to Miami, but you have to go through El Paso. And if you're doing oh, like, yeah, exactly. Like, so you're literally covering the entire map. So we had to stop doing that for a while. Um, but it's fun. Like, it's stuff, and it's so easy to do. Like, randomizers where you can just type in the, I think there's 25 or 26 cities on the map. So just type them in and then just go random one, two, three, or yeah. one, two, and they will give you a route. 
Yeah, sounds cool. Sounds like a good um, uh, a good variant. But uh, I, th- I think the Europe one, one of the expansions for that, I think it's 1912, gives you a whole stack of tickets for, for the Europe map. So I yeah. think they do a similar thing already. They've got like a huge um, stack of tickets that are all sort of, sort of varied and go to different places. So it does a similar sort of thing that you're speaking about there, I think. Well, I think with the U.S. map, there is no Globetrotter bonus. Mm. And so you can just rack up tiny points, tiny point you know, cards, um, you know, as you get into the games that do have a globetrotter bonus, uh, like Germany, you've got long routes and short routes. And it, every time you pick up routes, you decide how many of those four are long routes and how many are short routes. And because it's a globetrotter bonus, you know, a lot of the times it's like one long route and three short routes or four short routes, because then I can, I can get those easier and I can get, the extra points later i'm the kind of one that will say well if i'm already all the way down the board i'll just take a bunch of long routes because they're way more points mm. and i'll finish those ones too and so you know i think it i i've never tried a randomizer i think that would be really fun especially for like the maps that we've played a lot to just add mm. an extra card to it would be kind of cool um yeah i've never even thought of that that's mm. cool Good idea. Yep. So there, there's uh, lots of tips and tricks for everybody. Uh, you've got no excuse now for losing when you play against Alexa. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, well, I think that's pretty much uh, to get to ride then. So, um, just finally, uh, thank you both of you, both of you for coming on and talking to me about it. It's been uh, a pleasure speaking to you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much for coming on, and Ollie yeah. as well. It's been a pleasure talking to you. First. Uh, definitely recommended I think from all of us um, if it's something that you've not tried before if it's something you want to get back into definitely worth uh, definitely worth a few plays uh, fantastic game and, and we all really enjoy it so thank you for joining us and yeah, hopefully we'll be able to speak to you again soon yeah <laughs> and thanks so much uh, for inviting me yeah Rick if you're ever going to do an episode on Coup which uh, is the greatest game ever created I would love to come back <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely uh, yeah we'll definitely get back on again so yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for all our listeners for listening, and um, we'll speak to you again next time. Goodbye for now. Bye.